Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. Got a great show for you tonight. We're going to go over the results from Savannah. We're going to preview Jekyll, all with a very special guest, the director of golf and head men's golf coach from Piedmont University, J.P. Kircher. But first, don't forget, on our website, d3golfguys.com, we've got merchandise. We've got t-shirts. We've got cups. We've got towels. The towels are the coolest thing out there. We've got all kinds of stuff for you. We've got a, a swag pack to get you a bracelet and a ball mark and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're checking out D3 Golf Guys and order your swag today to show how you rep D3 Golf. Now let's get into our episode with Coach JP. All right. We are super excited to have another guest host. He is one of the best coaches in all of Division Three from Piedmont University, JP Kircher. JP, welcome to the program. Mike, you're pumping my tires there, man. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't even, I haven't even begun to do that. So just wait. Well, um, it's good to be here, man. I'm, I've, I've been first time, long time, as they say on the Jim Rome show. <laughs> there you go. If you give me your height and weight, I'll put a ding in here at some point in time, too. <laughs> uh, actually, don't do that. We don't make coaches yeah, we'll, do that. We'll, we'll, make the players we'll avoid that, that one. Eventually. We'll yeah, avoid yeah. that one. Um, <laughs> Well, JP, thanks for coming on the show. You know, what better way to talk about the tournament down in Savannah this past week than have one of the coaches who coached in the tournament. In fact, you had two teams there, both the men and the women for Piedmont were there. And uh, I I know the the ladies didn't perform quite as much as they would like to have, but boy, the men came on strong last two rounds. So it had to be a, a really nice, a good start to the spring for you guys. Definitely. It was good to get in the mix. Um, we felt like we had a shot going in the final day. Uh, format's great. Coach Fair at Barry has all players play together. He actually started that before COVID for this event. And that was something that we kind of did throughout COVID. Um, it's something that I like a lot because the guys can kind of feed off of each other and uh, really good for the parents as well. They get to see somebody's roommate or somebody's friend that they've been hearing about play golf. Kind of like you go to a basketball game, you get to see everybody. So. It was uh, a really cool format. And yeah, like you said, a great way to start this spring. Let's start talking about first the ladies side, which there was a showdown over on the ladies side for sure. Um, I know, I don't know if you spent much time over the women's side of the, of the, of the tournament. I guess you were more on the men's side, but um, there was some really good playing on the women's side over there with some really big time teams. Yeah. And then I, I wasn't over there at all. Uh, coach Susan Martin is our women's coach. So she was with the girls team our women's team. Um, but I was following along and, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Dan Rogers at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, he, both men and women, I don't know how people are able to do that, especially taking them to the same event, but he's coming off a really strong year where they both got hardware at the national championship. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to him the other day about that. And I was like, man, props to you. I mean, to, to get it done on, one side is impressive enough, but he's he's doing it across the board. And I know Methodist women and Methodist men won. Um, the, the women won last year and the men finished second. So they, they both got hardware. But Dan Rogers is coaching both teams. And mm-hmm. it's probably good for the country that he doesn't yeah. get to put all his effort into <laughs> just, just one of them. Because well, I don't know. He's doing a pretty good job on both sides right now. He's uh, killing it, man. He's killing he it. Is. He is. He uh, is. So, uh, you know, as we went into it, we knew you had, you know, number one, number two, number three, number six, you, you had, you know, big time teams coming into the tournament on the women's side. So 
And as it gets down to it, uh, Carnegie, Carnegie goes out day, uh, day one. There's only two rounds on the ladies' side. They, uh, they've got Emory by one shot and Methodist by two shots after, the, after round one. So it's exactly in the order of that you would think it would be based on rankings from the coaches' poll. Um, center is a little further back with a 305, Washington Lee 308. All right, this is sort of where we are. And we, we knew this was going to be very top-heavy. But then, you know, uh, what's really was surprising was center came out um, paced by their number one player, Riley Suter. They come out with the round of the day in round two with a 292. Uh, now, unfortunately for them, Carnegie also shot 297. So they only picked up five shots. Um, they ended up losing by six. Emery shoots 300 to, to maintain pace. That, so it ends of rounds that center ends up coming back and tying Methodist for third. So you've got Carnegie one, Emory two, center and Methodist at three, Wash, Washington and Lee at five, Barry at six. It's a nice performance by Barry's at their tournament to finish sixth and get ahead of Swanee, um, their SAA conference uh, foe there. And then Christopher Newport, Lynchburg, both tied at eight, Huntington tied at 10. Uh, Oglethorpe at 11, Transy at 12, Piedmont at 13, and Randolph making a 14. But we were really watching the top of this tournament. And boy, as we I've said all year, you could take the top six or seven ladies teams that are in the rankings, and I, any one of them could win the national title. Just depends on the week. Yeah. And that, that Riley Sutter bogey free 67 the final round or second <laughs> round. Um, how many terms has she won this year? Uh, you know what? Surprisingly, not as many as you'd think, uh, but she's finished okay. in the top five of almost everyone she's played in. Yeah, I was going to say she shows up and she's just in the mix. Yeah. Um, so so Riley ends up coming back coming back to win uh, by six shots. She shoots 71 day one as one back of the lead um, and comes back round two with a 67. I didn't know it was bogey free. Uh, that's impressive. Bogey free 67. Um Wow. She uh, finishes first. Uh, second is uh, Alexis Sanjanto from Carnegie Mellon, who goes 71-73, followed by her teammate, Syria Muparaju. I think that's close. I, um, I got to get some uh, phonetic spellings eventually uh, on some D3 websites, uh, also from Carnegie <laughs> Mellon. She was the first round leader at 70 and then shot 76 day two. So good playing. Um, he had two tied from... Uh, uh, at fourth, uh, Hijo Hyun from Emory, 72-75, and Shreya Ganta from Christopher Newport, 76-71. Um, so on the ladies' side, man, really playing good. Um, you know, Methodist had good top end. Maggie Williams was tied for sixth. Um, Jillian Drinkard, 77, first round, probably hurt a little bit. 72, second round, um, showed her quality on the second day there. And then Emory had a couple other ones. But uh, but yeah, when you're putting three three people inside the top six, it's it's hard to hard to beat that with Carnegie. Well, too, and and Carnegie had they had a uh, individual finish six. Yeah, so yeah. Watch right. watch out there. I mean, they it's probably tough to get qualifying up in Pittsburgh. So she she might have solidified her place in the van going forward. Yeah, that's. You know, I, we talked a lot about that last year with uh, with Ethan from Illinois Wesleyan. He showed up at Jekyll and kind of put his got his foot in the door in the van and then never left. And now he's one of their leaders. And, you know, I've seen that happen too many times where especially with younger, younger players. Right, coach, where the, the fall it's new. It's what am I doing? I'm in school. And then, OK, get a little break. 
spring comes around, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, here they come. They're ready to go. Um, so, but, but a great tournament on the ladies' side. I, I'm super impressed. I mean, again, I, I just, I can't wait for nationals. Nationals is going to be uh, just a, a dog fight between this. And actually, I can't wait for this coming weekend. And we'll talk a little bit about Jekyll uh, here later, but um, that one's going to be just as fun to watch on the ladies' side for sure. But let's move over and talk to the men about the performance in Savannah. Which coach, your your Piedmont Lions uh, held held up pretty nicely with a fifth place finish and a really good uh, last two rounds. I mean, t- you know that was pretty good. Uh, t- tell me, you know, you had to be happy. I mean, Josh played great. He had a couple other guys kind of step in. You know, what was the what was it like in the van on the way home? Uh, the van was very good. I mean, college golf's tough. We talk a lot about trying to figure out where to find success, how to measure success, and head-to-head victories are big. Um, you look down the list there with teams that showed up and played and where we kind of sat in the rankings. We actually, you know, you, you kind of gave us a little bit of bulletin board material prior to the week saying that Methodist memory just have to show up and they're going to win. <laughs> you know, I mean. Uh... But, but that, that's something they kind of, we're, we're listening to your podcast, so we, we are feeding off of that. But the, the van ride home was definitely fun, especially with a really good final round. Um, good to knock some rust off. I think really good for Josh. He's been working hard and doing a lot of the right things to show up and finally get a really good finish. I think that's his best finish since he's been here for the year and a half. And Fred, Fred Roberts, he's our anchor. He's from Savannah. So I think it was nice for him to shoot a couple under par rounds in front of his family. Um, the van ride was definitely a lot, a lot of talk about the good things we did. Uh, the success that we can measure because you can't always measure it in just a win yes, as much as you, no. as much as you'd like to win everything. You know, we talk a lot about that on the podcast where, you know, it sometimes finishing fifth over seventh and eighth is more important than if you would have finished third, it, you know, it, that's, it's more, sometimes it's about who you beat and where, where you beat them. And, and sometimes winning isn't always that, but what a great tournament. Um, it, I, I, what was shocking to me is Christopher Newport showed up big time. And, you know, we knew they were a good team coming in, but holy cow, they come out with 284 on day one and they've, they've got a four stroke lead in the first round. And we played, you guys played 36 the first day. Mm-hmm. So they come out first round and come out with a four stroke lead over Methodist. Carnegie's one back of them. Um, Huntington right there, 290. You guys were 294. Emery's right there, 291. You're like, all right, no, you know, Emery, fine round one. What was really surprising is Emory going 301 in round two, and that really kind of pushed them back. I was surprised to see that. Very surprised to see that. Yeah, um, and it, it, it everybody's going to have a day like that, and it's just I'm sure that they're annoyed that it happened. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to put up a big red. Um, I mean, John John Choberg, Coach John Choberg, is a good buddy of mine. They got a very deep team. I think they probably have the deepest team in the country. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So I think that they'll they'll get it straightened out. I think that sometimes it's probably good to get a little kick in the kick in the rear at the start of the year. Um, just yeah, especially remind. after especially after the one podcast that talks about you have been blowing a whole bunch of smoke <laughs> around for the entire time, right? Yeah. Um, as you pointed out earlier, I, I may have motivated a few teams to come out and play, which is uh, good. I, I'm happy to be. I'm happy to fill it, that role. And it's tough to to come out and play with a label on your back. You know, everybody's looking at you. They're 
they're walking around. I mean, I think Methodist was the only team that beat them through the fall. Yep. Uh, so they, they've got a big target on their back and it's hard to live up to that sometimes. And it was our first time. I, I think I mentioned the format that we played. It was the first time this year that we played that format where we were all five together. Yeah. The five so, sims. So that, that, that stuff, got something to do with it. It can go both ways. You get one guy kind of going South and unfortunately they can tend to drag somebody with you, whether they want to or not. It's just kind of, you put yeah. so much more pressure on everybody else to show up and perform. It is a very interesting format that I think over the last couple of years during the pandemic, I, I I've seen some coaches go, I absolutely love it. And I've had some coaches go, I absolutely hate it. Um, and for some of those reasons, right? Like one f- from a coaching perspective, if, if you're, if you're trying to figure out sort of who your team is and where your team is and who's in it and who's out, there's no better way than playing in five sims to watch all five of your guys and be able to evaluate them all there together, in my opinion. Definitely. But I think you're right that uncle Mo, right. As we'd like to say in, in, in some of the other sports, uncle Mo is a real thing. And if he starts getting on, on top of one guy, he's liable to take two or three of them with him where you're like, come on, dude, like get one in the fairway here. And all of a sudden you're, you're coaching, you're having to coach. Everybody's trying to help coach one guy and they're not focused on themselves. Yeah. Even if you're, even if that same guy that he's got great body language and good attitude, if he's not playing great, everybody's seeing that. And normally we're sitting there and we see live scoring maybe, but you're kind of focused on your own thing. You're you're kind of away from what everybody else in the van is doing. So yeah. when you've got one person that just cranks one out of bounds, you're like, oh, crap, this ball is definitely counting now. And right. some of that stuff starts to kind of pile in. And, yeah, Uncle Mo, the, the momentum goes so fast in both directions. But it's definitely, I mean, we, we're used to it now with playing it so much. Um, I think it's worked out really well for us at Piedmont. We've got a really good group of guys that seem to embrace it. That's helped a lot. We go out there, and it's nice to root for each other. It's not something that I think is going to happen as much going forward. I think I actually think that Coach Schreier at Huntington is doing it for his event. Cool. I just got an email the other day, so that'll be our next time doing that this spring. But everything else is back to, I guess, as you could say, normal playing mixed groups and everything like that. Yeah. You know, with the with the modern technology of golf stat on your phone, you can see all the stuff that's going on. It's not not like back in my day, as, as let me let me age myself a little bit, JP. Back when we had hand signals. All right, you know, two fingers up, I'm oh, two yeah. over, I'm one under. Where are you <laughs> at with your guy? We're even, you know. You were lucky if you could see passing it in another fairway, and then all of a sudden you'd all bunch up on a tee and y'all figure out what was going on. Yeah, um, right. But we, uh, we, well, let's, we used to do a thing where we we we'd pop our collar back when we played. I played at Huntington, wow. and if we if we got under par, we'd see somebody cross the fairway, and we knew. <laughs> there you go. Nice. There. We yeah. always uh, we always said if you're walking out in front, that means you're in front. You know, so nice. grab your bag and get out front, and that was a. And and by the way, even if you're not, do it so that everybody thinks you are until you are <laughs> in front. I like that. Um, so yeah, those are the old school ways of doing things for you youngsters out there. But back before we all had cell phones and AKA computers in our pocket, but let's <laughs> jump into the results. So um, it was a really great tournament to kind of watch. Uh, Christopher Newport jumps out early. They come back in round two, the second second round that afternoon, and shoot two eighty three, um, which was the 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 best round best round that day or that yeah that entire day. Um, who was the team that shot the second best round that afternoon? I think it was Piedmont University, wasn't it? 
289, the second best it, round in round two. It was tough to keep up with because a lot of teams didn't finish the first night, so the yeah. scoring kind of got jumbled up. But yeah, there's yeah, about three or four know. holes max left, I think. When I when I was seeing, I was getting, a, I got a couple pings like, "Hey, uh, 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 what's going on?" I'm like, "It got dark. It's like it got dark. <laughs> Spring forward isn't until this weekend, like that. You know, like I know we were one week shy of that, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes that's the way the calendar crumbles. So, you know, going into to you know round two, Christopher Newport's got a pretty good lead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got some people up there and. It, Round three, this school in, in, in Alabama named Huntington College. JP, you know anything about them? A little bit. I'm, I'm very, okay. yeah, I'm familiar. We'll get into that here in a minute. But okay. uh, they come back with a 271 to shoot even par for the tournament, which is incredible. Now, on the podcast, I've been kind of warning people, just be careful. Huntington's there. Huntington's there. And I saw them in the fall in the fall and went, yeah, they're just as good as I thought they were. They're five guys deep. They've got five really good guys. They can kind of ham and egg it. And uh, they finally showed up here in Savannah the, the way I kind of knew that they could. Um, and they show up and Chris Rooster shoots a good 290 that last round, but 271 is getting it done. Um, it was really, really impressive. And they had some great scores uh, come in for them with uh Highlighted by uh, Ethan, uh, the more more names. This is what I get for doing Unverzag. Unverzag. There you go. See, well, at we'll least I have a that. coach think, that's around. Sure, I you're to blame now, is. JP. You're to blame <laughs> now. Um, Ethan, if if you have a problem with that, blame JP next time you see him. He he fires a 66 in the third round, which is outstanding. C- combined with Owen Burt's 68, I mean, just getting it done. So Huntington comes roaring back uh, to win the tournament by five shots over Christopher Newport. So one great for Huntington. They've been in the top three, five for the last, I don't know, two, three years. They made just, those guys are seniors and they've been playing for a long time. They've had really good squads. So not a surprise that Huntington would come out and play win. Christopher Newport, I think really put themselves in a very good position by finishing second in this tournament. Uh, once again, Methodist finishes third. So I, I've got, I've got Methodist pegged just about right. You know, They've got Cooper and and uh, Henry. They, they, they're just rock solid guys. They've got good players. I mean, 288, 290, 280 for a six over, finished third. I mean, really good. Uh, Carnegie comes in fourth. Um, another great performance by Carnegie. Uh, the Piedmont Lions, fifth, uh, followed by Suwanee, sixth, and then Emory at seven. So that's where we were talking about earlier. You know, Emory's 301 on day on the round two in the afternoon of day one really hurt. They came back with 284, you know, the second, the third lowest round on the, of the day, but tied with a couple other groups. But 301 round two really, really hurt them. Washington Lee finishes eighth, Hampton City ninth, Greensboro 10th. That'll probably hurt Greensboro's ranking here, uh, finishing 10th behind a lot of those schools. Um, Barry 11th, tied with Oglethorpe. Um, Guilford and uh, York finishes 13th LaGrange, Rochester, Transylvania center and North Carolina Wesley to round that out on an individual basis. Uh, really great win for Pierce Lucas. I actually got to watch Pierce play in the fall in person. He's an outstanding player. Uh, Pierce goes 69, 70, 68 for a six under win by one stroke over Alex price from Christopher Newport, 
who went 68-72-68. And JP, I don't know about you, but I don't remember lots of these 60 numbers when I played. Yeah, uh, we, we were it, happy to. It, it, seems, it seems to happen a lot more often. I mean, I was, I was hoping to shoot 74 every day and I'd be happy. Right. And you're, you're right. That, that Pierce Lucas, he is an absolute stud. Um, yeah. We've gotten to see him quite a bit. We were paired with Sawani a few times through the fall. He won at Tunica, or no, he finished second at Tunica. Yeah. And he won somewhere else in the fall. So this is his second win. I mean, he's got to be, if, if he's not the Phil Mickelson Award winner right now, I'm not sure who's uh, the next best freshman next to him, but that guy has had a hell of a yeah. year. I would, and, I would probably rank him as the top freshman. I can't think of anybody else that's in the top 15, 20 that yeah. I would take over him. At this point, now I, you know, we'll see. Let's we'll give him this chance to go through the spring. But outstanding he play. Himself, he, he carries himself like he's older than a freshman. I mean, he's out there. He looks like a gamer. He gets after it. Um, he, he's going to show up every week. And and to beat a field like this, I mean, Alex Price has been a top top two or three player in the country the last couple of years. To, yep. to beat somebody like that head to head, knowing what's going going on, is really impressive. And you can go down the list and pick. A ton of people yeah. in here that have been all Americans the past couple of years. Yep. Which is awesome. So, yeah. I mean, you got uh, tied for third, Cooper Raybreck from Methodist, 73, 65, 72. Um, not, nice playing by Cooper. Um, Josh Hebrink from Piedmont, your guy, 71, 69, 70. I mean, just rock solid. That that had to make you feel really good. Josh is such a great kid. Um, just to, to see that good, consistent play had to had to be awesome to watch. Yeah, it was awesome for sure. And I know it's something his family got to come down from Minnesota for the week. So I think it was nice for them to be able to see because they do us here. Him, of course, are leaving the golf course when it's dark out. Yeah. And to see that hard work kind of show up in a result this early in the spring is really cool, especially when they were there in person. Yeah. Does Scott Moe, you got a kid? Does Scott Moe know you got a kid out of Minnesota? Has he given you grief for that yet? Uh, no, I, I haven't heard anything. He, <laughs> he, he, he just kind of showed up on our doorstep. I mean, that's great. COVID, that's COVID right. helped. COVID helped where he was everything. I think we, we joke about it a lot because, and I, I don't mean to go off the Savannah tournament, but he, in his resume, his, a lot of his resume was about his, how his handicap improved. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of college yeah. coaches, I think are, are paying attention to people's handicaps. So yeah, we got lucky. <laughs> that's all right scott mo got a kid from arizona to go to gustavus so you know what the kids are going all over the place these days yeah but then uh the, but cooper josh and owen burt from huntington's uh, owen burt shoots 71 71 68 for three under um just really good golf i mean you know three over for the tournament gets you tied for 15th which is <laughs> three over for three days gets you tied for 15th at this tournament um but again, you know, outstanding golf being played across the country. Um, but again, I, you know, Savannah, I think delivered like it always does. The Barry guys do such a great job with that. But now I like to turn my attention to a, a gentleman who I believe played at Huntington College mm -hmm. from 2007 to 2011, two time All American and never finished outside the top 10 at NCAA nationals, Mr. J.P. Kircher. That was, that was as our team. I, 
Yeah, yeah. I definitely, As I the definitely team. finished outside the top 10. No, no, no. How you finished inside the top 32 individually three times, I believe. Okay. Well, I, that, that's a cool stat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you, you got it all correct. You, you dug deep there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is what I do. When I get the coaches on, I, I start digging into their playing career. You know, I've actually, you know, I actually watched you play. Come on. At oh, Jekyll? Yeah. I watched you play multiple times. Okay. Jekyll yeah, was my I, favorite. I, yeah. I mean, we were so, playing with Oglethorpe, it seems like, every week. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes we, uh, we we know that. But, yeah, I've actually – I've like, there's – so now it's, it's starting to get to the point where I'm feeling old enough that I've watched, like, multiple coaches in Division Three play, play during their career, and now they're coaching. This sort of uh, helps me realize that there's a reason why there's not as much hair on the top of my head as there used to be, JP. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you started coaching at Piedmont in 2016. So every time mm-hmm. I have a coach on, I give them the opportunity to kind of tell me like, all right, pretend I'm a high school kid and, and tell me why I should come to Piedmont uh, University and come play golf for Jake, Coach JP. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, we're in the great state of Georgia. Tough to beat. Although if you look at our weather forecast this year, it hasn't been the best, but we get to play uh, what I think is an awesome golf course where we have, Great access. It's the second home community at the Orchard. They're awesome to us. They treat us like members, so we're able to show up and we we play eighteen holes a lot of, through the weekends, um, Friday afternoons. It's very nice. Our campus is tucked away in the start of the Appalachian Trail, so right down the road, Springer Mountain, where uh, you can start hiking from Georgia up to Maine, I believe. So it's a real beautiful area, kind of tucked away in North Georgia. We're about an hour and a half from Atlanta, hour from Athens, hour from Clemson. So you can kind of go get that big college life on top of what we're doing. Very, uh, very unique community where a lot, well, I guess it's not that unique within the D3 world, but you're kind of seeing more of an individual. I know a lot of our kids on our team get to know the professors really well, which is a big help. Um, in turn, I end up getting to know them, whether it's good or bad, hearing like, <laughs> oh, so-and-so didn't turn in this paper. So-and-so did this, but, but you also kind of see it from both ends, but from a golfing standpoint, we've got a great, great support system. Our athletic director lets us uh, travel to a lot of awesome tournaments. We've played a top-notch schedule the past couple of years. He keeps letting us go out and do that. He, he really supports the team, um, makes it a really strong family atmosphere. Coach Peeps is his name, Jim Peoples. And he shows up, he gets to know the guys, he plays golf with us. I mean, I, I I find it hard to believe, but I think he knows every single student athlete, student athlete at Piedmont by the first name. And for an AD, that's a pretty special thing. Um, so he's definitely a big help. We have a lot of fun. We travel to cool places. We do unique things. It's not just all golf, golf, golf. Last week, we rented a house at Tybee Island, uh, cooked some dinners, cooked some breakfast got to go to the beach. We've got another house rented this weekend for Jekyll. So we're always trying to mix it up and make a really good experience outside of playing good golf. But we've been lucky the past couple of years to keep getting invited to some really neat tournaments. Got to go up and play Laurel Valley. We're going to Indiana this, this spring. So it's definitely somewhere where if you like to play a lot of golf, if you want to keep playing a lot of golf, if you want to improve, I mean, you can look through our roster and see a lot of guys that have improved over the years. It's somewhere where you're going to have an opportunity to do do all that, and I think have a lot of fun along the way. So, I don't know. That's that's my elevator pitch for you. Well, there you go. <laughs> and I would agree with all of that. 
Uh, getting to play for JP would be a huge benefit for any young person out there, both <laughs> men or women. He's one of the best people out in Division Three. One of the guys who is always willing to come over and sit down and talk you up and say how's it going. And uh, I've I've enjoyed our friendship over the years. Yeah. And um, so that, that's great. Well, let's talk about a couple of tournaments. First of all, by the way, the French Lick tournament you're talking about. You yeah. have you seen that golf course? I haven't even looked into it. I've, I've been trying You're to You're going to love it. It yeah, is that's, awesome. And I, I know Justin Tresco, who is a in and out B3 type of guy, a, <laughs> a good friend of the pod, I, I believe as well. And yeah. a good friend of mine, he, he kind of started the whole event before jumping over to Bellarmine. And, and if he's picking a golf course, it's going to be good. That guy's yeah, got a good eye for it. He's got the passion. It's special. So it's special. He, you like it. But... With that, let's jump over and let's talk about the tournaments coming up this this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. One that you said is one of your favorites to have played in and a coach at the Jekyll Island tournament, hosted by our good friend Jim Owen, who puts on quite a good tournament. And boy, is he uh, doing a lot this year, hosting nationals for the men and and, and Jekyll. Uh, okay, you ready? I'm going to throw some stats at you. We're going to start. Let's start with talking about the ladies first. Just the ladies. Okay. Okay. All right. Ladies tournament. You've got number one, number two, number three, and number six in the country playing this week at Chuckle. You've got six of the top 10 and 12 of the top 25 ladies teams in the country playing at Jekyll this weekend over spring break. Ready for some, men, ready for some men's stats? Ready? Got this? You get one, two, three, and six in the rankings from the coaches poll. You get eight of the top 10 teams in the country and 16 of the top 25 teams, according to the coaches poll. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of always joke and say, I mean, it's probably in some years, probably most years, it's probably a stronger field top to bottom than arguably the national championship. But I, I, you know, you can make that argument. I, I would say, um, it, it's a great tournament. Uh, like I said, uh, Coach Owen does a great job. It's a spring break tournament, so it, it gets it gets some great people. So let's go down the ladies tournament, right? Mm-hmm. All right, Carnegie Mellon flying back down from Pittsburgh to come down to Jekyll. Actually, I think they might have just stayed in Florida. Uh, they just <laughs> had their uh, conference conference uh, match play event. Yeah, they're um, not flying. No, actually, they do. Yeah, they are flying. They're they're flying back. Yeah. They're getting back. And then they're flying back down tomorrow or something or, or when it's something like crazy. that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah sometimes okay. it, sometimes it helps to work it to, to go to school at one of those large research institutions that has lots of funding. I think Dan's outside of the airport for like 13 hours or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I, that's why I didn't ask him to come on the podcast this week. And like, I really need to have coach Dan on, but man, I just can't ask him to do that. I got to wait until he gets <laughs> a little bit of a break. He's, I'm not sure when that's going to happen. He's got a family. I don't. I don't have any obligations. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Carnegie Mellon, number one in the country, at the at Jekyll. Uh, let's see uh, another school, Emory, number two in the country at the tournament. Number three, Methodist at the tournament. Number six, Center at the tournament. Number eight, Pomona Pitzer, coming all the way from California to play at Jekyll. Also, number ten, Washington and Lee. Uh, number eleven. Claremont McKenna, which is the girls side of things, which is the mud scripts is the men's side of things. I think I still can't ever keep them all the way apart. 
Claremont for coming all the way from California to play in Jekyll. Wash U coming all the way from St. Louis to play at Jekyll. And this is going to be great. It's going to be a great couple of weeks for the women's side because with Jekyll, you're going to get Redlands, Pomona Pitzer, Claremont, Wash U all coming to the South to take on Emory, Carnegie Mellon from, from Pittsburgh, uh, Methodist, Center, Barry, NYU's coming down. They're 13th in the country. Rhodes is still 20th. I mean, absolutely outstanding. The other good part is in a couple weeks, Center and a couple other people are going out west to play in California. Oh, good. So you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get a real good taste of what's going been going on in California this week at Jekyll, by the for, especially for the women's side. Um, so I, I'm looking at this going, all right, this is gonna be big time tournament where you're gonna really get to see it. And again, here's another good example of what we we're talking about earlier, JP, where you know you finish fifth or sixth at this tournament, it's gonna really be a good thing for you. Yeah, you can you can find a lot of victories from that, right? And it's like this week. Would you the top five players got a million bucks for the players or something? Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, Keegan's double bogey on eighteen cost him seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> tough one to swallow there. Uh, but luckily for us, we're just talking about rankings and pretty yeah. much all I do is win your conference. Suddenly, this makes it a lot easier, right? Um, yeah, but just an do. outstanding field on the women's side. I cannot wait to watch this tournament because I just want to see what one. I want to see Carnegie, Emory, and Methodist and Center go go at it one more time, and then I'm really going to be watching where's Pomona, Claremont, and Redlands. What where are they at? Because Pomona's eight, Redlands nine, and Claremont's eleventh right now in the in the coaches' poll. All right. Well, one. Who's gonna who's gonna win out of those three to kind of put themselves ahead in California early in the spring? And two, where do they sift out with the likes of the centers, wash U's, Rhodes's of the world, Berries, NYU's? Okay. So I've got Northeast, I've got we uh Denison's here. The the women, the, the both Denison teams are gonna be at, at Jekyll. So I've got Northeast, Midwest, West Coast, uh do I, I've got Southwestern from Texas and we have the South. I have every region except for the Northwest uh, represented here at Jekyll. Well, where's Pomona Pitzer? Pomona's in California. Aren't they? Are, are they not in the Northern part of California? Wouldn't that be? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I, I don't, I, I kind of consider them a California team. Not necessarily like when we start talking about George Fox and Willamette. Sure. Okay. That, that's a, You're not thinking about like, like Oregon and. Yeah, like I, that. I, that's kind of where I kind of go. All right, that there's that separate little northwest spot where George Fox has just dominated that on the women's side. Willamette's been dominating on the men's side. There's like four or five schools up there that kind of go around and do that. Pomona plays mostly. Oh, I guess California schools, but they're not. They're they're down in the south. They're near like Los Angeles. It looks like right. Claremont and all them. Huh. Mm-hmm. Learn so something it's, new today, Mike. See, there you go. That's welcome to D3 Golf Guys. That's what we're here for. It's pe- when people when people always ask me, how do you know so much about geography? I go, oh, I'm a Division Three guy. They're like, what? I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you know where, <laughs> if you know the difference between, you know, Danville, Kentucky, and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, where Rose Holman is, it, it all the way out to, you know, Mary Hard Baylor to, to Claremont, you know, okay, fine. 
Um, so, <laughs> but it's just going to be a great tournament because I, I, because you're going to have all those regions and, and somebody's going to come out on top versus somebody else. And they're going to be able to pound the table at the national committee going, no, 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 no. Look at Jekyll. We won there. Mm-hmm. So the, I'm super excited on the ladies side to, to get this. So just real quick, just to list all the teams for those, for, for those out there, center Emery, Oglethorpe, Pomona, Pitzer, Washington, Lee, Claremont, Christopher Newport, Barry, Methodist, Birmingham, Southern, Hanover, Wash U, Carnegie Mellon, Huntington, Rhodes, Redlands, Southwestern Texas, Suwannee, DePaul, Bridgewater, Transylvania, Piedmont, and Denison. I mean, <laughs> some powerhouse universities in Vision 3 across all the sports landscapes. But, I mean, just really, really good tournament. And, and here's the other thing. I can't believe how big this tournament is on the women's side. Yeah, how many? I'm, I was trying to count. Is that that's north of twenty? Are you, are you counting it? Twenty-four teams on the women's side. Twenty-four teams. It's got to be the biggest one. I think. Is this the first year? Are you going to be? Yeah, in this is no, no. Okay. Well, I wanted. To, I was trying he, to be, but he has a. He has a cut on the men's side, so if you finish in the bottom two, you're out for a couple of years. And I think he's implementing that on the women's side. This might be yeah. the first year that, that that's getting implemented. Yeah, but uh, because it's been more popular because it's on spring break. But 24 right. women's teams. That is, I mean, I don't know. I think you're right. I think this might be. I mean, if you, I would put this up against some of the national championships we've had over the last couple of years. Especially on the women's side. I mean, you can yeah. get some of the some of the teams. It's it's harder, a lot harder on the women's side to make the national championship, especially as an at large school. I think oh, yeah. that they might they might only have one, maybe two at large picks to get into it, and some of those schools don't have an automatic qualifier. Are you ready to talk about the men's side so I can scare you some more? We yeah yeah let's go to the men. Okay, all right. So we got again. We've got one, two, three, six. We've got eight of the top 10 and 16 of the top 25. I, I would love to sit here and say, oh, I can't wait to watch Emory and Methodist go head to head. But obviously I'm motivating certain teams when I say that. Uh, but at this point, Huntington just announced their presence with authority. Christopher Newport just showed up. Oh, and by the way, I've got Claremont Mud Scripps, Redlands, St. John's Fisher. I've got Southwestern coming in. I've got Kenyon coming in from the Midwest, Denison in from the Midwest. Uh, I've got Rochester coming in from, from the Northeast, NYU coming in from the Northeast. So again, we got schools from every region coming into the Jekyll tournament. Outstanding tournament. I can't tell you. I, I, I mean, would it shock me if Carnegie Mellon at six came in and won it? No, not not in the least. You know, do I expect Greensboro to bounce back? Yes, yes, I do expect Greensboro to bounce back. Just to go through it, you've got Emory one, Methodist two, Huntington three, and Huntington just one. <laughs> you've got Carnegie Mellon at six, which I I, I don't know how much longer they're going to keep them out of the top five because they keep they keep playing great. Will Canal is playing outstanding golf. Uh, I think he won both of his matches at the UAA stuff down in Florida. Um, and I think he won one, six and five, which is pretty good golf compared to who he was playing with. Uh, you've got Illinois Wesleyan also here at the tournament, number seven in the country. You've got Claremont Mud Scripps, number eight in the country. 
Christopher Newport, who's now ninth in the country and, and just finished second in Savannah. <laughs> Greensboro at 10. Uh, Oglethorpe at 12. Uh, oh, and I skipped it. I skipped a team. Yeah, what are you doing here? I, I skipped a team. Wait a second. Uh, I mean, excuse me. Piedmont. And you're going off the and you're going off the coaches poll. We got to. I always go off the coaches poll. Ah, no. Switch to the golf stat. There's too much manipulation in golf stat. There's too much manipulation. There's there's manipulation in the coaches poll. There's people Uh, fucking up teams. No, look. Here's what I'll tell you. (laughs) I I I go through the coaches poll until after the first two tournaments in the spring. Then I believe golf stat way more. Okay. Because you get. At that spring, that that's this. So the perfect example is Savannah, but also Jekyll. Once Jekyll hits, now I get comparisons between regions. Sure. Once I get comparisons th- between regions, that's when golf stat starts to actually take on a better view, in my opinion. Because right now, a little bit more. Right, right now, like okay, you've got Claremont Mud Scripts at eight, and Redlands at twenty-five. All right, but who have they played? Well, they've been playing each other. Okay, fine. Or you get one team that's just dominating everybody out there, or somebody in the Northeast, or somebody in Texas, or somebody in the South. It doesn't matter what region it is. But then all of a sudden, when they have to go play somewhere else, then you get to see, like, all right, where do you stack up in this rank? That's when all of a sudden the 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 head-to-head, which is what we always look at from a golf stat perspective, that's when it really starts to matter. Mm-hmm. Is then you all of a sudden it's like, okay. Claremont Mud Scripps comes in here. They finished 12th at this tournament. Eh, you're not really a top 10 team. I, I can see it both ends. I just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, uh, I've been watching it really closely from a more independent perspective. <laughs> and, yeah. And what I would tell you is the coach's poll is usually a little bit closer to we know this team is good, even if they didn't play great in the first two tournaments. We know they're good. You know, like Huntington would have been a good example. Like, yeah, we know they're good. Yeah, yeah, they didn't play great in the fall. But we know the coaches know, no, 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 they're really good. And then sure enough, in the spring, oh, they win the tournament. So that's kind of what I do from a D3 golf guys perspective is as I stick to the coaches poll almost all fall. And as we get into the spring, that's when I start to shift over to golf stat because I know golf stats, how we really what we look at from a national tournament perspective, because those wins and losses are so important. But I, I, until we get to the spring, that's where I go. Okay. Now the wins losses matter more because you can have somebody come up and win a tournament. And and I actually like it by the time that the season ends, they they come together. So they start to mesh. Yeah, yeah. Because it because then all of a sudden the coaches start digging into golf stat more, and that's when they all come together. Right. Because we all know golf stats sort of where things count. But it's interesting because as you go through it, you go, okay, well, wait a second. The coaches know who's really good because they watched them play throughout the years. You know, the, the, they know who's coming back, you know, like we, we knew, I knew you guys were good. You guys didn't have the best fall, but I knew who you had on your team. I'm like, nah, Piedmont's still good. They're, they, they didn't have a great fall, but they're still really good. Boom. You're here you come in the spring. You're taking shots at me, Mike. Mike, we finished, finished fourth at golf week. That's I know no, you guys were great. No, I'm just so? saying like. Don't, don't last year, my boys right here. <laughs> hey, you know, last year you guys win conference. You win the, the hardest conference in the country, USA South last year. All right. You know, the expectations got raised <laughs> for you, JP. But anyway, I mean, win them all. But, uh, now, you know what? Here, here's just more motivation for you and your guys. Go win Jekyll and I'll shut the right up. No problem. 
Well, Fred Roberts told me that he's played there a hundred times. So watch out. That, that's good. Um, I, I love Jekyll. There's nothing better than the, the hospitality down there by the folks in Jekyll. But I mean, oh, it's, it's just like look a happy at this place. field. Oh gosh. I know. Yeah, the only problem is I've, the I've, bugs. I've gotten you way off topic. We, we, we were arguing about the polls. No, no, no. This is, this is why I want more people on. We're going to start having more people on because I, I think people like the conversation um, rather sure. than just listen to me sit here and rip off scores, which stinks. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just looking at this tournament going, okay, uh, I, tell me, you know, who's the favorite? I'd be hard-pressed to not make Huntington the favorite, but it's hard for teams to win back-to-back weeks. All right. Well, is Emory going to bounce back? Are they going to get pissed off that I said their 301 stunk, you know, last week? Probably. You know, Illinois Wesleyan showed up. Uh, by the way, they, they showed up last year here, too, and they finished second, which was a huge move for them. Yeah. So, and, th- and by the way, they're the two-time defending national champions. Right. Okay. Cr- got it. <laughs> There's a year of COVID in there between. But My, my favorite uh, B3 golfers on their team, I think, Jimmy Morton. Yes. That name. That, Jimmy like, Morton. It, yeah, it just sounds like he either needs to be an Indiana basketball player or like a baseball pitcher of some kind. <laughs> right. And he's not scared. Uh, I, I remember that, that final day at Jekyll last year, it was just miserable. And yeah. you would have thought that he was just on like literally on spring break, just hanging out at the beach. We saw him. He was on number 12 teeing off and um, because wearing rain gear. He's just over there. Just, living in the elements yeah Jamie yeah well, it looks like that uh that rain system that hit jekyll last year maybe hit the hit jacksonville uh this week so maybe we'll have some better weather at jekyll this year uh, last year i was getting videos of uh umbrellas uh rolling okay. across the top of ponds oh i got videos of all sorts of nonsense from that final day <laughs> i got a i have an umbrella in one of those ponds i think but <laughs> the weather looks great where else would you rather be than no, this weekend. I, I, nowhere, nowhere else that I would rather be. But uh, but just to go through the teams real quick: uh, Guilford, Illinois Wesleyan, Huntingdon, Claremont, Skidmore, Transy, Denison, St. John's, Fisher, Christopher Newport, Southwestern, Methodist, Greensboro, Birmingham Southern, NYU, Maryville, Rochester, Emory, Oglethorpe, Washington, and Lee. Ohio Wesleyan, Redlands, Barry, Swanee, Hanton, Sydney, Rhodes, Kenyon, LaGrange, Carnegie, Roanoke, Piedmont. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the who's who of Division Three golf, right? Uh, there's a lot of national championships in that, in, in the history of those teams right there. Yeah. Even if you take awesome. Methodist out. <laughs> <laughs> What's no Steve offense, got? Coach Steve- Conley. He's got 12. I, I, I don't know. I've lost count. Uh, I, I lost count back in the n- late nineties. So I'm not even sure what it is nowadays, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. When I look at the teams here, I, you know, I'm looking at, at anybody in the top 10, 11, 12, it w- I, anybody could win it. I, I would be, I would not be shocked if anybody in the top 12, 13 teams showed up and popped in and said, Oh, we're going to win. Now I'm really going to watch Emory this week. And and say all right, let's. Uh, I'm going to guess Max and and Logan go. No, no, no. We're we're, we're fine. We're going to come back and play really well. And they know that golf course really well too. They play there a whole bunch. Yeah, and I'm uh, curious who they're going to plug and play if there's going to be any mix up in the lineup. And 
And I know Huntington's got another guy, Grant Gronka, who didn't play at Savannah. Yeah. Could could plug and play just as easy as any of those guys and and shoot a shoot a number. Right. Um, and also uh Methus usually doesn't lose two tournaments in a row. Um so again, you've got the top three teams in the country, and then Carnegie's playing great right now. Um okay. He's gonna tell me Illinois Wesleyan it shouldn't be part of the mix. I fully expect them to be right there, ready to go. Ethan and Jimmy will have those guys ready to go. Um, all right. And then you got the West Coast team, Claremont coming in. They're eighth in the country in the coaches poll. All right, we'll we'll find out. Let's go. Let's find out who you are. Ready to go. So I, I just can't wait because it's just a good mix of teams from across the country that it's going to be able to say, all right, how good are you? And where are you at? And let's let's figure out how good you are. So it should be a doozy. I will be following along online on my golf stat app and uh, everything else you can, you can possibly yeah, imagine, but, but JP, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I know we, we've been talking to try to get you on for a while. I appreciate you coming on and, and having a spirited debate, which is what I love and <laughs> what, every time. Doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter who we're with. This ends up usually having to be a great conversation. So Thanks for coming on, JP. I know you've been a big supporter of the podcast, and and just... yeah, I I love what you do, bringing bringing a lot of uh, attention to our to our little neck of the world, which is important. There's a lot of really cool stories and good things going on, and I think it's neat that a lot of the guys interact with you, and hopefully we keep building it. And appreciate everything you do, Mike. It's great, Coach. Let me just say, good luck the rest of the way. You know, I'm rooting for you. Um, make sure you tell those guys that I think they stink. And that they're not any good because then you guys can go win Jekyll. All right. And when you win Jekyll, you, if you guys win Jekyll, I'll tell you what, we'll have your whole team on. All right, cool. Let's all right. Do it. That'd be, we might have to mute a couple of the guys. That's okay. But, uh, well, yeah. There's always a couple of guys, you know, the one kid who's always late for the van that that's sort of how that works. So no, we don't, we don't have any, we're not late to the van anymore. <laughs> that's right. see, I told you he was a good coach folks. He, he knows how to solve that problem. Well, Coach, thanks for uh thanks for joining us we appreciate it all right thanks mike see you bud